up? My beautiful honey. Beautiful honey. My beautiful honey. My beautiful honey. I hope you enjoyed our you enjoyed our choral rendition of Marlon Brando groaning as he does as the god. <laughs> Guys, I'm sad. You wanna know why? Why? Tori's not here. Tori went to jail. What'd she go to jail for? Hating the Revenant and Evil Dead 2? Yep. Those are punishable offenses. You have to hate both, though. You she like... went to jail for shooting and killing a man. Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> no, she wasn't feeling very well tonight, so she stayed home in her prison cell. She's not feeling well because she killed a man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. Tell her to stop doing that. Yeah. She's sorry she couldn't be here tonight. She told me to tell you both to fuck off and go to hell. She'll be here next week. <laughs> okay. I'll make sure to do that between now and then. <laughs> hell and back? Yeah. <laughs> be a fun show. Hell and back. So, small crew tonight. Me, Colin, and Gabe. Three amigos. And uh, we're about to <clears throat> get into it. With um, what many people consider to be the greatest film of all time. Oh, um, I can vouch for that. It's Francis Ford Coppola, which I don't know a lot of his work, so this will be good. Gave you under the honor of what we're watching, even though it's probably in the title and everyone's seen it already. Ladies and gentlemen, we are watching Francis Ford Coppola's magnum opus, Scarface, The Godfather. <laughs> Scarface is by De Palma. Yeah, Colin. Idiot. Is this the film podcast? I thought this was not that. Yeah, this is the so dumb you... kids talk around a microphone podcast. I love that so, one. So time out. Were you talking about like a guy with an actual scar on his face and not the movie then? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so if, this is, is it your favorite movie, Gabe? I have trouble, like, you know, naming my favorite movie. Like, it's it's a jumbled up mix between all sorts of movies. It's it's like we were discussing last week. It's hard to compare apples to oranges. So I enjoy this, but I also love Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Silence of the Lambs. I was say when people are asking for your top five, life three. is beautiful. Okay, there, there's top five: The Godfather, Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Life is Beautiful, and Silence of the Lambs. Hmm. Probably my top five. Hmm. And Those are good picks. Yeah, I love them. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Have it's, either it's of you good. seen this movie? I've So, I've what I've been telling everyone is I've seen it, but it's been over ten years. So, no. So, basically, no. Can you tell me what you remember from it? Well, I remember... So, I don't know if this is in the first, second, or third one. Okay. Um, Colin, have you seen it at all? Not, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say the scene that I've I remember then, movie. because it's a huge spoiler. Um, gotcha. I remember, I remember very vague scenes, um, because this is my dad's favorite movie. Oh, good for him. Um, and he, lo- he watches it all the time, and uh, so I've seen, I've probably seen the whole thing at some point in my life, but it's been so long that I just don't remember what happens. You've seen it in installments? Yeah. Sim- similar to how I've seen a lot of things in installments. But uh, I'm excited to sit down and just watch it. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's really fucking long. It's almost three hours. 
Um, it's like Peter Jackson, King Kong. <laughs> Except King Kong's way worse. I don't like the original. Try to think of this more as like the really old epic movies, like the ones that were like the Ten Commandments and Lawrence of Arabia that were like three hours yeah. that they just like they're meant to be these like big sit down experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie's a landmark film for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not worried about sitting through it. I've seen longer movies. I think actually the longest movie I ever watched was just north of three hours. It was black and white in Japanese. So I had to read oh, subtitles. Man. What, what 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 was it? Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. I heard that's fantastic. It was really good. Awesome. That's cool. But over I three think hours. It should be fun. That's It'll cool. be a long journey, though. Yeah, this movie's really... I think this movie's really cool because before this movie came out, like, gangsters and, like, the mob, mm-hmm. they were really, like, ratty and gross and disgusting, and then this movie came out, and that's when they started dressing and acting like gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So it's all be- So this movie molded how gangsters operated. Really? Are they Italians in this? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. Sicilian. So, like, the... Of course. <laughs> The, the island country. that the boot-shaped country of Sicily is kicking is that's that's where. So, what year is this released then? This was released in 1972. So this was think about like movies at the time. Like you have all these epic movies from like the 50s and 60s, such as Lawrence of Arabia, Bridge yeah. of the River Kwai, which are just like kind of long. But then in the early 70s, that's when you start to get into like real like almost like exploitational territory. Mm-hmm. And one of the impact movies that have an impact on this is a film I've never seen called A Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. It came out a year before. It was wildly successful. And this film, originally, Francis Ford Coppola wanted it to be very dialogue-heavy, which it is. But the higher-ups were like, you need to have more violence because Clockwork Orange was known for being very violent. And so I think that's why this film strikes you know, a good note with critics and uh, casual viewers alike. Because it has that perfect blend of depth and complexity with that exploitational quality of violence and, like, the darkness. Because even, like, before this movie, gangsters weren't often shown in, like, I wouldn't say a positive light, but they weren't shown in a very sympathetic, like, protagonistic light. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this movie was what... You wouldn't have that view of, like, the fedora and suit of a gangster if it wasn't for this movie. Right. So Scorsese probably was really inspired because this predates a lot of Scorsese's gangster films then, and those are this yeah, was four still years before Taxi Driver. Oh wow, yeah, mm-hmm. and that was was that his first film? Was that the first film that anyone cared about? I should probably the that. latter, but I have no idea. I'm not a huge Scorsese expert. So this is the the grand the granddaddy of gangster films. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, oh yeah. The Godfather of like films. <laughs> Um, noir films from the 30s but that's usually how are the sequels are the sequels good I've seen the second one once and although a lot of people say it's better than the first I like the first one still better I own the third but I have not seen it yet however I've seen this one the first one three times okay and it's one of those films where you watch it the first time and it's entertaining on the surface level and the more times you watch it you kind of pick up on more things and it kind of lingers with you for a little bit those are the type of films I like. I heard the third one is just really disappointing. Yeah, I heard it's I not... I heard that. 
I heard it's not bad. It's just kind of when you have these the first when the first two won Best Picture. I mean, this film alone had eleven Academy Award nominations and won three of them: Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. So when you like when you have to live up to that, and you make it what like sixteen years after the second film, well, it's it's tough. And apparently the movie took place a significant time after the events of part two. Hmm. But, anyways, on a side note, my first encounter with this movie was through music because my parents owned a jewelry box that played the love theme from this movie. The hmm. Speak softly, love, so no one hears us but the sky. Except it was on, you know, music box chimes and that sort of thing. Yeah, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. But they had that. <laughs> I was annoyed. <laughs> they had that and then also my brother and my mother both had the CD called Mob Hits which was Mob just... Hits <laughs> no that's what it was called you put the CD in and someone immediately steals your car yeah <laughs> but it was like it had it shoots bullets it had all these songs from like the old mob movies and so like I was exposed to the Godfather theme and that the, that album forever instilled a love for Italian folk music Dean Martin and Louis Prima in my young German American heart. Did you write this down? Yes, I wrote that down. <laughs> but yeah, um, I will. I will tell you what to expect. But guys, what are you expecting? I'm expecting. So what I've heard of about this is that it's just a really solid, well acted, well performed mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah. I already know the basics of the story. Um, but all I really want out of it is just a really satisfying just tale of a family. Yes. And okay. so, and I'm I'm sure I'm gonna get that. I'm expecting to be familiar with this because if this film is really amazing and great as people say it is, then I'm sure it's had enormous inspiration. You know, it's been an enormous inspiration for the gangster films that have followed, and I love that shit. I love Scorsese's films. Primarily because, and I like that you just said that about family, is because um, these gangster films, presumably like this, and like many of the later ones to follow it, are, you know, it's weird because you develop these uh, close relationships with these really bad characters. But mm-hmm. part of part of what I think the charm is, is uh, this close family bond between everybody. You know, they might you know be killing each other, you know. In one act, and then in the next act, the ones that are left are like, you know, sitting around eating spaghetti together, you know, mm-hmm. breaking up a piece of bread and some yeah. wine. It's just kind of a cool, I don't know, I've always been kind of infatuated with the, this old Italian-American notion that family is above anything. You know, right. so I'm really excited for this. I think I'll be kind of familiar with it. Yeah. You mentioned the impact on gangster films, but you also can't overlook, like, the parody in like I've seen yeah, it's parodied yeah. in Seinfeld, The Simpsons. I'm gonna make you a life where you can't refuse. Yeah, you have that line yeah. and all sorts of things. So I'm looking forward to those in their original context. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be like Halloween, where we can look back and be like, "Wow, th- that influenced this and yeah. that influenced that." I, think I will say this has aged much better. Than Halloween. Okay. Just that so I am more. interested to see. Um, yeah. I understand that this is a, a bit of a deviation from Marlon Brando's typical work. Um, I think I read somewhere that he had mostly been in kind of like sappy 
you know, little, uh, not soap opera stuff, but just more of a, kind of a hot heartthrob. Yeah, heartthrob guy. Yeah. And wasn't, it, it was kind of, uh, no one really expected him to take on a role as a, as a mob boss. Yeah. So, I love stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I also read that he refused to ever read his lines. Yeah. I just <laughs> so, held up cue cards. They would write them on different things. Yeah. And he won Best Actor. Blows me away. I mean, he didn't show up to... He didn't show up because apparently at the awards, he sent, like, a Native American representative to, like, talk about Hollywood's poor treatment or poor representation of Native Americans in his place. So he didn't right. actually, like, accept the Oscar. But... it's kind of cool. Yeah, but, like, it's crazy to think, like, he didn't read, like, he just read his blinds, he got the Oscar. So he didn't even read the script. Did, like, take it. Like, I guess not. Never even took a look at the screenplay, just like, oh, I got it, it's fine, we're good. To be fair, he does Just write it on the wall. To be fair, he does a great job. But crazy. it's just funny that, like, he read off of something. Mm -hmm. Alright, I'm going to tell you guys kind of what to expect, not to spoil anything, but... Great. I Tell me the whole story. One, one, one thing, one thing <laughs> to be reverse. one thing to be prepared for because online I, I read this actually, comic. Actually, hold off. I kind of just want to go into it totally blind, quote unquote. Just raw dog it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but okay. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, mean, I think the one thing I will say is, I read this comment online by someone criticizing film, saying that movies are supposed to have an ending. And while there are character arcs and resolving plot lines and all that stuff, it's kind of one of it's kind of one of those movies that like throws you in the midst of a situation, and then kind of plucks you out. It's not like it's not like a solid plot line with like a big climax and that sort of thing. It's definitely very climactic. Like it just ends like kind of like Pulp Fiction in a way, where like okay, this one is in chronological order, but it kind of throws you in these people's lives without like you know, too much explanation or origin, per se. And then it kind of takes you out. So, okay. like, some just people... Just a little taste. Just, just, just to warn you, because some, some people who watch this might find it jarring, but I think you'll be thoroughly entertained. Um, I will say there is one scene that's incredible, and all I'll say about it is they pretty much tell you what's going to happen, but it's still so suspenseful, which I was so impressed with it because they say, like, this is pretty much what's going to happen, this is how it's going to go down, and I was still just like, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? So, it's fantastic, we'll talk about it later. So you're adding another layer onto that by telling us that they're going to tell us what's going to happen. Onions. Yeah, onions. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. The onion has layers. Donkey! <laughs> Okay, I'll leave it at that. But <laughs> end on the Shrek reference for the <laughs> yeah for the previewing. All right, uh, we're gonna get into it, I guess. If you guys are ready. All right. Hi. So um, we'll meet up with you guys in a few seconds. Sitting down and eating some pasta. Yeah. <laughs>
you can't refuse. What's that? Talk into the microphone, and you get to keep your lives. Talk about this movie, and you get to keep your lives. Are um, we doing this? Yeah. The, micro- the, microphone okay. is, the microphone's running. Well, I've already talked plenty about this movie. So I'd like to hear what you guys think. I might just talk the whole time in, in this voice, even though it hurts my throat really bad. And it probably isn't picked up by the mic very well. It's getting picked up. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. It's yeah, you could find me. Looks like I'm gonna be able to hear plenty. plenty <laughs> you could probably enhance this later. I really liked it. That really was a good it. movie. You liked it? Yeah. Okay, I was worried because there was like there was a point where it was like ended a great scene and you're just like, What? I'm so confused and I'm like, Oh shit, is Oliver like lost? Is he gonna like hit I, point? I just had well, so, I just had such a hard time keeping track of who was with what family. It's easier to pick up the more you view it, obviously, right. but I mean there's so many like small subplots that you can kind of catch up in some ways. Yeah. The only thing I didn't get was what was it um why did they kill the guy that was like watching the gate or whatever Holly? yeah yeah my it's guess they just didn't like him my guess is that since he was guarding the gate he probably you know had some sort of responsibility guarding don corleone as in you know marlon brando's character uh vito corleone and they probably like in the heat of the moment Sonny, you know, Sonny Santino, he was kind of a rash person. He acted very emotionally, in a sense. And so my guess is he was just like, you know, he let him die. I want him dead. Mm-hmm. I, could have, I could be misinterpreting that, but my guess is usually when someone opposing the Corleones, like, other than the Corleones dies in this movie, it's because they cross him in some way. Because, you know, Vito Corleone, he's a... He's a reasonable man. He's a, he's a reasonable man. And so, like, if anybody else does anything, that's the only time they go after them. Hmm. Who was the one who made an attempt on... Don Corleone. That was, that was, uh... What was the family's name? Uh, Tataglia. Yes. Well, the guy who was trying hmm. to kill him started crying. He's like, oh, I'm so No, that wasn't him. That was the driver of the car. That was the driver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was that? I don't know. I was afraid of... Oh, the one who was like, Papa! Oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> Anyways. Did you spike it? He spiked the audio. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, he started screaming, Papa. And then... But I, was, I, was, I was like, did the Godfather just die? Like, Damn, what the fuck? That was... Caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. But of course he lived. And then died again at the end. Yeah. Sonny didn't have the same luck, though. I like Sonny. Me too. Really? I was pissed when he died. He was good and bad. He's anti-hero. I'm not even that. He's a piece of shit, but his morals were sort of in the right place with, in regards to his sister being beat by that piece of shit. Yeah, but he committed so much adultery and just so much, like, made so many brash, violent decisions. He fucked around a lot. Kind of, bit of a bully, too. Yeah. It wasn't a super likable character. Actually, I was kind of bummed. I didn't realize that they were going to finally kill Carlo until the very end. I kept thinking, like, the whole movie, like, okay, the husband is probably the shittiest character. I mean, we 
witness a brutal beating in their apartment and they're just going to send him to Vegas to go fuck around? You know, like, what right. the hell? So I was, you know, I was kind of pissed about that, but when they kill him in the end, I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can dig. Yeah, like, that deserved everything. That, uh, like, abuse scene was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it made me uncomfortable. I didn't like that. I, like I, I would said, take the tree rape scene in Evil Dead over that scene. I don't know about dude, that. Dude, like, dude like, they, like I said, it was supposed to, wasn't supposed to be as violent as this, but, you know, the higher-ups were like, it needs more violence. Yeah, and really? some of those kill scenes were very brutal. Like, even other than that one, like, the part where Sonny's gunned down, the part where Luca Brasi's being strangled, even where Carlo's being strangled and he's, like, kicking out the windshield of the car as the car is driving. Oh, another one of my favorite scenes is just where, like... It was the one where Oliver said he was kind of confused. But it's the one where... But it's the part where... I forget the character's name, but he gets out of the car and he says, I'm going to take a leak. And there are so many scenes like that in the movie where I'm just, like thinking where are they going with this and then it like ends darkly like the scene where Vito Corleone played by Marlon Brando is playing with his grandson you think wow this is an awfully light-hearted mo- moment for the movie where are they going with this and then that's when he dies it's like oh duh so many <laughs> I think like th- I think the appeal of this movie is that everything goes from light to dark so you have these scenes that seem light-hearted like oh he's getting out of the car to take a pee or Oh, he's playing with his grandson. And then it ends with, like, hmm. Polly getting shot, Vito Corleone dying. I think that's an entire allegory for the movie the because... The scene ends with the camera being destroyed. No, no, like, <laughs> hear me out. This is the wife driving the car. This is... <laughs> Stay there, I'll drive to you. <laughs> this right. piece of shit won't start. But hear me out. This is, this is my thought. I was thinking this earlier today when I was taking my notes. Back in Shakespearean times, what distinguished a comedy from a tragedy is that a comedy ended in a wedding, and a tragedy ended in death. And throughout this movie, you see Michael Corleone, who starts out as this war hero, this very good person who says, I'm not going to get caught up in my family. In the end, he is the dawn of the family, like the leader of the family, and he has nine people killed at the end. And guess what? This movie begins with a wedding and ends with death. It goes not quite from comedy to tragedy, but it just shows the whole movie from the descent from almost like, not really a, like, a lightness, but kind of a status quo to just darker and darker. Yeah, he descends further and further. And it was actually, there's a point in the movie and I thought, yeah, this is kind of a weird story arc or, or you know, character the, the, mm-hmm. the progression of this character is, um, it was moving in the opposite way of what I thought it was going to, but um, in the end, it, I kind of felt like it's, you know, it's it's a Breaking Bad. It, it's similar to Breaking Bad because you, you in the beginning, he's just some pushover, you know, mm-hmm. goody two-shoes, and then at the end, he's this, you know, kingpin drug lord. Right. And it's kind of the same in this because... You know, like, even, like, at the wedding, I knew something, you know, we were supposed to focus on Michael. Something was peculiar about him. He wasn't acting the same way as everybody else. He was mm-hmm. in, he was the only one not wearing a suit and flowers, and he's, you know, dressed up as a soldier. So, off the bat, I knew that we were supposed to pay attention to him. I wasn't expecting him to, because I knew nothing about this movie. I wasn't expecting him to end up being you know, the, 
the baddest dude in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty surprising, really cool. And yeah, the uh, montage in the end when he has everybody, the, the parallel edit when he's baptizing the, you know, he's witnessing the baptism of his godchild and killing everybody is when it really stuck out to me that, oh, you know, this is a complete 180. Like, well, he's literally becoming the godfather. He, yeah, he becomes worse than what he didn't want to be. He, you know, outshines his dad by quite a bit, I'd say. And in two polar opposite forms of cleansing. Like, one yeah. is the cleansing of original sin, the other is the cleansing of the five, like, the leaders of the other mafia families, and Mo Green, and, like, anyone who crossed him. Yeah. Which is... The parallels, the 180s, like, just everything that happens is just, it's crazy. There's pretty good, great parallels in this. The scene I was mentioning before that I love so much, maybe my favorite movie scene ever, is the scene where Michael assassinates, why can't I think of his name, but he's the Turk. Um, oh, and the and the corrupt police officer because they say like this is what's going to happen we're going to plant a gun in the bathroom and you're going to go in and you're going well like they don't say that to him he thinks of the idea but pretty much they're telling the audience what's going to happen they're saying you're going to kill like michael's going to kill him kill these guys and this and blah 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 and they tell you everything that's going to happen but still that scene is so suspenseful to me like, they pretty much spoil everything that's going to happen. Yet, it's but still... But then they around it. Like, oh, maybe they're driving to New Jersey. And then, you know, oh, like, what fucking restaurant are they going to? Oh, they... Maybe the gun's not planted there. Check and then his at penis the... before he goes to the bathroom? <laughs> and then at the end, it's like, when he kills them, you think, you're supposed to shoot that guy twice. You're supposed to drop the gun. Drop the gun! And yeah. he kind of, instead of dropping See, his hand to the side and dropping it casually, he almost walks out with it, and he kind of flings it. Yeah. I was actually... I was like, holy crap! Where I was expecting that to go was for him to totally fuck it up and then get himself killed. Right. So... Or hurt. Or hurt, yeah. And even when he's reaching for the gun behind the toilet, like, it was almost as if there was no gun there and they were doing that parallel edit thing mm-hmm. with, like, the, the chief just, like, eating food and he's, like, fucking right. around behind the toilet tank, like, where the fuck's this gun? Right. So I thought that maybe they already found the gun they were gonna come... He was gonna come back out and they were gonna shoot him in the face. What I love about this scene is people say, oh, don't tell me spoilers, don't tell me spoilers, I don't want to ruin it. But they spoil it in the movie, and it's still amazing. It's true. Yeah, it's cool. I think I got everything that I wanted out of it. Which was just, like, really solid acting, great dialogue. Mm -hmm. A nice, just simple story about the family. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Respect. To my man, FFC. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he did a good job. I, I realized that um, Coppola also directed, um, I have to look it up. Apocalypse Now? No. There's a movie that I saw by him that I didn't know was by him. A random one he did was The Outsiders. You know that book by S.C. Hinton about the Soches and the Greasers? Oh, huh, really? The gangs in the fifties. Boy. It was. Um, I saw the movie. It wasn't that great, honestly. Apparently, Francis Ford Coppola kind of had a slight decline mm. later on. But let's see here. 
As if per usual. Oh, yeah, he directed Bram Stoker's Dracula. No shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Huh. And that movie's awesome. I have not seen it's that like, movie. It's like Gary Oldman in a bunch of Dracula makeup Gary just Oldman. flying around and being weird. <sighs> it's really good. Huh. If yeah, you... I didn't know he directed that. That's insane. Because I just assumed it was Bram Stoker, but Bram Stoker is, like, the guy who made Dracula. Like, he wrote the book. Yeah. You know, I thought this movie could have actually been longer. You know? What? That was so long. I know, and it's a little slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I shouldn't say it's slow, but you feel the three hours. You know, I felt like I've been sitting here for three hours. I felt the three hours for sure, but it was also, I was never like, man, I wish this was over. Right. I could have had mm-hmm. more, and I think I, I would have been, even liked it to. I want to see more of the, more of that gradual progression from Michael being this, you know, stand-up guy to being a, you know, bad dude in the end, because, like, um, I think right after he killed the two guys and then went to Sicily for a while is when I started to kind of not really buy it anymore and started to think it was a little awkward, because all of a sudden he's got, you know, he's got a wife, and, like, shit just looks like it's going so well for him, Mm -hmm. and, um... I guess maybe that's supposed to be like that because you might think that oh maybe things are going really well maybe he's just gonna hang out there for a while and, and fuck cuties in Italy maybe <laughs> teach him how to drive whatever but then um I guess what brings it back is the death of his brother which you know whether he realized it or not I'm sure he was the the cause for and I don't know I just it was kind of strange when he comes back to America and asks his old girlfriend to marry him. It's like, dude, okay, maybe you've been back for a year, year and a half, whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, your wife just exploded, like, right. 10 minutes before in this film. Like, it's hard for me to buy that you really, you know, that your intentions are pure and you really want to be a you know, family man or, or whatever. You want a wife. You want kids. It just felt like it was really fast for me, and that's what I mean. That it could have been longer. I wanted to see more of how he became this bad dude. So what you're saying is you didn't want to see more added to the end. You wanted to see more in Maybe the middle. Maybe more in the between. I thought okay. it ended perfectly. Because it yeah, a it was a three-hour movie that spanned span <laughs> spanned it spanned ten years pretty much. Really? What I've looked up, yeah, oh. because you can tell they kind of towards the end they started skipping years because. He gets married to Kay. He has a kid who's mm-hmm. two years old now. All that stuff. His dad dies. So you could tell, like, if I had to have any complaint at all, it would be the ambiguous passing of time. But I think they show that really well, as well as they could have. Hmm. So I, I excuse it wholeheartedly. Yeah, I can't I'd... excuse it wholeheartedly. But I think it's just because... It, Things seem to happen right after each other for about the first hour, first act, maybe part, partly into the second. It feels like it's all, these are all adjacent events. And then when it started making these random quantum leaps <laughs> towards the middle and end of the movie is when I, it was hard for me to figure out, like, okay, how they fast forwarded, you know, yes, I see a kid now, or, you know what I mean? That's why I want more in the middle. I thought the beginning was perfect. The ending was perfect. But in the middle, I think it would have been nice just to slow it down a little bit. Maybe make it a four or five, six hour movie. 
Right. <laughs> I will. I will say ten hour movie HBO I series. I wonder. I wonder what you'll think of Godfather Part Two because. The Godfather Part 2, this won't spoil it, I haven't seen it in a while, I can't tell you too much about it, but Godfather Part 2 is very interesting because it continues with Michael Corleone's plotline, like from the end of Godfather Part 1, but it parallels it with a story of how his father, Vito Corleone, who is played by Martin Marlon Brando in this movie, but is portrayed by Robert De Niro in the second movie, it shows how he rose to power. Interesting. So, you Mother might... Brenda die in the middle of it? No, he didn't. Hmm. Because... Well, couldn't reverse age him? No, yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. But I think it just showed... They wanted to show him younger, and so it showed Robert De Niro playing him in his uprise to becoming the powerful man he was in Godfather Part 1. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. And it's kind of... What's interesting about the movie is... It is a sequel, but also a lot of critics also saw it as just a continuation of the first Godfather, if that makes sense. Because it kind of picks up where this one left off in a way, and it sort of fills in some gaps of the what happened before Godfather Part yeah. 1 and that sort of thing. Interesting. Hmm. But it's been, Let's just watch it right now. Huh. Yeah, I got an after three hours. If you liked the Evil Dead double feature, get a load of this. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not. I don't want to be here until 4 a.m. Same. Sure. Um, but I'll definitely be checking that out because I really enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. I can see why I personally wouldn't say it's the best movie of all time, but I can see why someone would say that, which I think is good. I think it makes it a successful mob movie you know it does a lot of things well it's it's shot really well I mean there are there are so many um, moments in this film where you could pause it and just print out you know print out your screen and Mm -hmm. frame it put it on your wall you know it's composed really well and I really like that for example like at the end of the movie when his wife's like is it true and he says now lol now go whatever go fiddle fuck around <laughs> in the house and she's walking away and he's in the back and he's out of focus and his lighting's a lot lower and there's a lot of light in her face so we kind of see her facial reaction she looks kind of happy right because she's like okay maybe he's lying to me but you know at least he's not going to tell me that he killed his sister's husband blah 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 and in the back you just see like his face is in shadow and he just looks kind of menacing it's moments like that that, you know, they use the background and the foreground mm-hmm. a lot to their right. advantage, and that's really nice to see. And also the slow, um, the slow panning shots or the zooming in, zooming out. Right. Um, the, the the zooming in this, uh, the uh, the zoom effects I think are used really well in this. Film. Okay. Like in the beginning when um, they're slowly zooming out to help us establish what exactly is going on because. In the very beginning, it's like, okay, some dude's crying about his once beautiful daughter. We assume he's talking to someone we don't really know who or what's going on and what the situation is. And as we start to zoom out, we understand more and more. Right. And they do it again in the first act when Michael's like, oh, we're going to plant a gun in the restaurant. Who knows this joint? Let's let's put a gun behind the toilet and it's slowly zooming out. And it, it's really dramatic for him. 
right. maybe there was some accompanying music too, but I noticed mm-hmm. that slow zoom. Like, okay, you know, this is going to go down. And then everyone laughs at him. I'm like, oh, maybe you won't. Who knows, but... Two more things I'd like to add to that. One, the lighting. The lighting in this is great because it mm-hmm. kind of shows everything in shadow because it is they are kind of an underground movement. And you start to see Michael shown more in light at the beginning, more in shadow at the yeah. end. Secondly, you mentioned the music. I know I said that I like the music a lot, but also it has a great ambient sound tr- soundtrack. One, the part where he's about to kill the police chief and the... Salazzo, the Turk. The part where he's about to kill him, you notice how the train gets louder and louder and louder. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Another thing I notice is also the ambiance in the hospital. Because they have the serious, kind of almost alarming music playing, but then you have the Christmas record skipping. Mm -hmm. It gives a real feeling of paranoia, and I feel like... Like the thing. Yeah, I feel... Like the thing. But in 1972, I feel like... Though that ambient sort of soundtrack was less common, in a sense, you have, but I think it complements the orchestral soundtrack really well. Yeah, because I felt like maybe films leading up to that point, a lot of you know paranoia, suspense music was a lot of strings or like an mm-hmm. actual band, but this film uses you know actual diegetic sounds that would be like on you know in you know. In the setting. Right, they are in reality. of the reality of this film, the record skipping the train outside. Mm-hmm. Those are great examples. It has a lot of that. And I think that definitely helps um, helps it to be, a, you know, it keeps it a little timeless. You know, mm-hmm. Because these are, these are effects that we have become numb to today. So right. that's why it's easy to sit through a three-hour movie like this. Yeah. And what I was saying with the exploitation comment earlier is you take a film like Citizen Kane, (laughs) it's really well regarded by film fanatics because of all the cinematography and technicality that went into making it and how that set the standard for movies after it. But if you talk to people who aren't as into film, they'll say it hasn't aged very well. And then you take a film like Star Wars, where it has the technicality, but it's almost just pure entertainment in a sense. Not as deep of symbolism, not as deep of technicality. Like, a lot of technicality, but not, it's not, not as deep. Think. They're just feeding it to you. That's exactly what it is. Well, it was kind of based off of those just pure entertainment TV serials, like Flash Gordon and some of those, yeah. in a way. This, I feel like it melds the two perfectly, because you have that complexity. You have the cinematography. And the artistic side of it. Gabe, stop spiking the freaking audio, man. Sorry. Usually, usually <laughs> I'm leaning. Usually I'm leaning back, and you can barely hear me. But I'm. I guess I'm really passionate now. But I feel this melds it really well. You have the artistic complexity, the framing of the shots, the cinematography, but you also have you know the violence. And all that stuff that just really <laughs> 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 Why are you guys looking at me like that? <laughs> you look like you look like the Truth or Dare face or uh, Apex Twin on the Richard D. James album. <laughs> that is a great album. Maybe we should start a music podcast and just talk about Apex Twin. Though. <laughs> we'll start a fart podcast. But um, what would you? Uh, this isn't the end, but I want to know what you would give. This movie out of 10. I spoiled it in the last one. I give it a 10. A perfect so 10. So there's nothing wrong with it for you? 
like I said, the only issue I had was the ambiguity of time passing, but I said it was excusable because they show it with, you know, him Literally having... Literally nothing's wrong with it. I mean, I'm sure there's... What they, about that fight scene when, when Sonny chases down the husband? And he, there's a couple of missed punches. There are a couple of missed punches. Scene. Also, also a lot of sh- missed shot continuity. Also, there is the scene... Okay, there's the scene where the cop... Like, when he shoots the cop, the cop kind of dwindles. <laughs> he's been shot in the throat. He kind of just stays there and sits up for a while before finally falling. I was curious about that. Okay, not every film is perfect, but... Well, yeah. I don't know. I've never shot anyone in the well, face. Let's talk, about, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about some flaws we noticed in this, what many people consider a perfect movie. I'll consider that a tack against me. Just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. We can, we can talk about flaws. I'd give this like a 1 out of 10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm glad you bring that up. What did you guys think about um, when they killed Mel Green? I feel like a lot of times in films, you shoot he, someone in the face, they're immediately dead. And I don't, like, what? But when they shoot right, him in the, the eye, he's things. like, mm, just, yeah, he just, like, laid down. He even, like, puts his hand under his weird. head. Goes what, I, what bothered me about this is um, there was a lot of what I was trying to say earlier. The shot continuity in some scenes didn't match up. Like, there was parts where people in the background would have like pipes and then it would cut and they wouldn't have their pipes anymore. <laughs> there was a lot of, there was a lot of parts where they would someone would put their hands on their head or something and then it would cut to like the opposite side of the shot and they wouldn't have their hands on their head anymore. Mm-hmm. There was ah. tons of that in this movie. Like tons of it. I honestly noticed none of it, but I believe um, it. And that's probably the biggest flaw I could give it. But I mean, it's not like it detracts from the storytelling which is what a movie is right i mean there are there are movies where people say oh the person overacted or there was this slight tweak off but you have you can't i think the main thing you have to remember is that it is a story and as long as there the like there aren't any crippling plot holes or major things that detract from that yeah i it doesn't dent it too much. I also agree with you that the passage of time is really weird, because when he got out of the car and she's like, "How long have you been back?" and he goes, "A year, year and a half." I'm just, I'm just like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. But <laughs> to be fair, the families were in a way coming to, I guess, an armistice because once Vito Corleone died, that was the kind of signal that you know they were going to start fighting again. So there was that kind of length of peace where would we have wanted to see them kind of in passing, like, oh, this is the normal lives, the, the after years of the where are they now? The <laughs> mafia bosses who were once <laughs> at each other are now living peacefully. <laughs> who wants to see that? But at the same time, it wasn't as in your face as two years later or three years later as like a caption. They showed it, yeah. you know, very very passively in you know that bit of dialogue i've been back for a year or oh he has a kid now obviously a couple years have passed yeah it is it is nice that they don't like it's discreet they don't put too much emphasis on the time passage right it's sort of just like oh yeah time has passed but it's not like not like it is really too important exactly so there are some things where i would say yeah it's a technical flaw but you have to wonder how would they have done it better, and I can't think of a much better way that wouldn't have been boring. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're like I'm. I can tell you guys like the film overall, and I'm I'm just joking when I said I'd feel personally attacked because I know not every film. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd no per- film is perfect. I'd give it an eight or a nine, for yeah. sure. I just uh, I don't know. I don't feel like it for me personally. Sure. Lives up to, and if I give a movie a ten, that means I find no problem in it at all. Okay. There's only a couple of movies where I've done that. It's not like on a scale of how much I enjoy it. Right. It's where I find it's like the least amount of mistakes, the least amount of like stuff that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like the only one I can think of off the top of my head is the new Blade Runner. I give that one a ten out of ten. Great. But um, Godfather was so well done. I'd have to give it probably at least a nine. Because other than other than those editing mistakes that I was mentioning. Mm-hmm. there's not really much you can take away from this movie. Like, right. take away as in, like, degrade yeah. from the score. Exactly. You can take away a lot, like, from the story and message, but... Mm-hmm. It's um, tough, for sure. And, you know, you gotta dig deep to find fault with this. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to grade it on technicality, it would probably be closer to a 9 than a 10, but just... Like I said, I have a lot of nostalgia built up from this. I also have done my research and know how much studio interference, interference, how much mafia interference, all the different technical like problems they had with this they film. Did mafia interference? Apparently the mafia didn't like them making this film. Huh. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, Even if you hated it somehow, right? this movie changed the United States and maybe mm-hmm. even the world. Right. Like, It changed the way stuff, stuff happened. Because as I was saying, like, Gangsters didn't act like this until this movie came out. What you're saying is you can't deny the impact. Yes, of this exactly. Right. Like this movie li- quite literally changed the way that the mob was run in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's, even if you somehow didn't like this at all, you'd still have to acknowledge that because that's history. Right. That's like what happened. Mm-hmm. You can't deny the cultural impact. You know. Yeah. You'd be foolish to try, but. So you give it an 8 or a 9? I'd probably give it a 9. A 9? Yeah. I'll let you live if you give it a 9. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just you keep your life. I'm going to give you an offer you can't refuse. But you got to give the movie at least a 9. You're going to give the movie a 10. <laughs> or else I'll send you to Las Vegas. Or else I'll put a, oh, I'll put a horse head in your bed. That was awesome. How have we not talked about that yet? Yeah, that was a real scene. horse head. They went to oh, a Jesus pet shop. Christ. They went to a pet shop, and I hope they paid that actor so much money to get in bed with a real horse head. They went to a pet shop and what? Bought a horse and murdered it? They didn't. They just had... The pet shop had horse heads on sale? <laughs> on sale. They just... I don't know the full details. Little shop of horrors. Maybe, maybe when I get my own horse head to put in Oliver's bed for giving this film a nine. I'm just kidding. Oh, God. I'm kidding. Um, but six hundred dollar horse head. Six hundred. What did they say? Six hundred thousand. You say so? Yeah, six hundred thousand dollars. I know what that translates to after you adjust for inflation in twenty eighteen. That's expensive nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I would that's think. like in the few millions. Student loans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, let's not <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> okay, what we're what we're really talking about is what Colin would rate this film. 
coming from an authentic Italian. I guess it comes down to a couple different factors. There's there's so much it does well, and 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 it is excusable at things that it kind of falls short on because this is a fifty year old movie almost seventy two. So so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fifty in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's almost 50 years old. Um, and the killings were good, too, for the most part. I really liked Lucas. That was unsettling. You stab him in his hand, and then his, his eyes are bulging out of his head. And, and they mm-hmm. presented Luca to us as, like, this fucking impenetrable badass who's, like, maybe a little stupid. Mm-hmm. He's a little slow and bumbly, but, you know, undeniable loyalty to it. Whatever the fuck. But, right. And then, like, when the wife dies... That was really sad. I wasn't expecting to be sad watching this movie. Yeah, she was really pretty. Because like, it, she's like the pinnacle of innocence mm-hmm. in this movie. And then they just fucking blow her up. And it's such a brutal way to go. And it's so quick that I was... That was, to me, the most jarring moment right. in the film. And then when, um, when the Godfather dies, in the end, that was nice too. But it was like, you know, there couldn't have been a more perfect way for him to die. Yeah. it... it you know, to this to this small child. You know, he's never like he was. He was never this. You know, crazy mob boss. This small right. child. He's just a you know a, a kind old man. You know, running around the garden with this. I hope he didn't choke on the orange peel. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> I'm just assuming that he he just died because he's old. But um, well, it was nice because even though he did exact revenge and make offers that people couldn't refuse. If you didn't mess with him, he didn't mess with you. He was a reasonable man. True. Go I on, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, a good, a good roller coaster of emotions. And like you guys, the um, time traveling was a little hard for me to understand. Um, and it's not that it's not that they were, you know, uncharacteristic. You know. Right. I felt like. The characters probably acted how they would have, mm-hmm. but it was just hard for me to understand because they happen adjacent to each other in the film. But right, they're really not, and and there are so many ways in film to convey time leaps like this, like like you can right. fade to black yeah. and bring it back in, or you know whatever some mm-hmm. sort of cross edit. Um, so. But then it makes great use of montage. Like that montage name that kills everybody, you see that everywhere now. Like that's been right. done so much and it's been done better now because it's, you know, fifty years later. But that's mm-hmm. what it responds to is that moment. And it holds up. So I it does. It holds up really well. I wanna give it less than a nine. But the more I think about it, it's harder too. Because originally I was thinking, okay, maybe eight, eight and a half. Sure. Give but like I keep saying, you can't deny. It's a good fucking movie. I give it a nine. Didn't the middle was hard for me. I really didn't care for the. I really didn't care for the Italy scenes. Yeah. And every time we got to go back to New York in the audience, I thought, thank fuck, you know, I'm really, I right. don't give a shit about Italy. Your wife's really hot. Shit's going great for you. You don't drive sure, anymore. Yeah. You just want to walk everywhere. Who are the people that blew up the car working for? I guess the other guy. It's a Taglia thing. Which is funny because they just look... That happened fast. Um, 
Because he just like looks at the one bodyguard and he gives him like a <laughs> and runs away. And then boom, the wife's like, no, you, you, aren't you supposed to kill Michael? Like, the fuck? Could it, you know, you had a shotgun on your back. That's another mm-hmm. Breaking Bad comparison. Remember? Have you seen Breaking Bad, Gabe? I haven't yet. Oh, fuck. Never mind. I can't say that. I need to watch Breaking when, uh, Bad. It's my fault. It's, part, it's the scene with Gus and um, um, uh, Hector. The bell scene where he stands up and just goes, Ooh! and then it... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to that. But eight and a half doesn't feel... It feels like I'm kind of just stabbing it in the back if I give it an eight and a half. To be fair, though, like I kind of mentioned... But I'm going to give it an eight. eight I fucking hate the Italy scene. Get an eight and three quarters. Eight and three quarters? Or an eight and five eighths. Music's really good. An eight and nine Lighting's really amazing. Cinematography is nothing short of, you know, just Mm jaw-dropping. Tension effects. Everything's awesome, except the passage of time. And that's why I wanted to warn you Just guys. Just like real life. That's why I wanted to warn you guys. This film kind of this film <laughs> kind of throws you into these characters' lives. I disagree with that. And it plucks you I out. Also do. I disagree. I can see why you disagree because there are resolutions, there are climaxes. I disagree with that. I, could, I I mean I agree with that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it does. I think it throws you in at the beginning. Yeah. I think that sums up at the end really well. well it does. When you were saying that we we're gonna get thrown into it, I assumed that we would like it would open. With like know, some dude being thrown out on the street or yeah, something. Yeah, like out of a fucking factory window or like a fucking port or something. I mm-hmm. thought we were going to, you know, some mustache bring in face. A, yeah, really climactic moment. My daughter used to be pretty and now she's not. Can you take care of the people that did it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You can't throw somebody into a slow, a slow zoom out shot, you know. But okay. it is I nice guess... to enter in on that note because what better way to describe... Oh, hey, friends. You're, you're showing us some, some disrespect right now. Oh, hey, friends, God. <laughs> you come in here and you don't even call me God, Father. I was joking about the Revenant. Oh, hey, friends, God. I just hate it. Why, why <laughs> did you bring that up to me now? <laughs> Are you going to send me to Las Vegas? I'm going to make you an offer you can't... Re- I've said it like 20 times. Yeah, your throat <laughs> has to be hurting. I'm gonna put a horse head in your bed. Actually, I'm gonna put a bear head in your bed. <laughs> that way you know. That way you know how good. I want Tom Hardy's head. <coughs> in my bathroom. Jesus. <coughs> now I'm peeking. The audio. Oliver, shut <coughs> up. Go die somewhere else. Oliver, shut up. You'll. Go drop that in the garden. Just kidding. 72. 1972. Wow. That's why, that's why when it comes to technicality, I do cut the film some slack. So if you want to give the film an 8.3 because the Italy scenes bore you, I'm giving it a 10 because it I mean, just I holds, I know so, why it so, holds so much emotional weight. Like, it gets a 9 for technicality, but I push it the extra point because I just love this movie. Hmm. It's just, I get it, like Italy is like the... The, the safe, it's like the havens. And, oh, I just did some real bad shit and like shitty, dirty, grimy America. I'm gonna go to Italy and fuck some cows or whatever they have in Italy. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Italy and fuck around these rolling hillsides and look at this beautiful old town that's been here probably since the beginning of time. 
-hmm. and everything's great here and I'm not going to go back. It just feels like, um, I don't know, when does he start to turn bad? I mean, that's how it's supposed to... It starts to turn bad right after they try to kill his dad. But then he's like, oh, okay, damn, go to Italy for a while and get... No, he he goes to Italy because he kills the two guys and needs to go there for protection. That's right, why it's so dreamy. He doesn't come back a... until his brother's dead. Well, that's, he has it to. It seemed like he was ready to get out of it so quick. Because Sonny like, was wasn't... supposed to become the next Don. But then Sonny dies. True. And so he has to come back. But he never wanted Michael to be the Don. So that's why Italy seems so peaceful and boring. Because it was a safe haven for him. He had just killed these two people. It was making And news. also they knew where he was. So he came back. Anyway. Right. And I understand it. But I guess I'm just more interested in... In the, the dirt and grime of the city, and by extension, the fans. I get that. So, if they would have skipped the whole Italy part entirely, would have you would you have excused the passage of time in that sense? Ooh. Like, say, yeah, Michael's nice. in Italy, let's not show it. Cor- oh. See, that's Maybe the thing. Maybe I'm retarded. I don't know, because... I keep of course you're retarded. The, middle. the whole fucking fuck. middle is, is Italy, so... Just kidding. I don't know. Let's refrain from using that word on this on this show. Yeah. You gonna beat me out again? I'm gonna beat you off. Oh. <laughs> Gross. Let's refrain from making sexually explicit remarks. Don't tease me if you won't please me. I mean, you're just assuming that I won't. <laughs> so. You already made that weird boner comment in the last podcast. <laughs> All of her long arms mulligans. <laughs> uh, well, you guys are gross. We're good on time, boys. Maybe I'll give it a nine. I don't know. No, Maybe we're not. We're not. So pressu- we're not pressuring you. If you no, no, I'm you glad got- you challenged no. me because I need to think about this. Colin, if you hate the movie, it's fine. No, it was fucking great. But um, yeah, we're good on time. So if you guys want to wrap it up. I just wanted to we say... We know we need. We need to wrap up music. Got wrap it up music and not afraid to use it, Devin. <laughs> like, yeah, we need like some like hard rap beat. Just like... Something you can't talk over. Right. Well, I just wanted to say that as a godfather of three godchildren, this is exactly what it's like. If... <laughs> Anybody comes after my family, I'm coming after them. Just, just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Tommy don't, don't mess with Gabe's family. <laughs> don't mess with Gabe. They don't call him Gabe Machine Gun Burning <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> but yeah. Um, any final thoughts? We could sit here and talk about this movie for two fucking days without leaving. Right. Or changing our clothes. Yeah, so I was like underwear loaded full of shit and piss. We were like six minutes. We were like six minutes in, and I'm like, man, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a struggle episode. But now yeah. we're already at forty seven. So yeah, we're good. Hmm. All I'd have to say is, you know, ratings are fairly arbitrary. It all boils down to whether you should see this film or not see this film. And I think we can all agree it. that. You should see it for yourself and see what you think. If you give two shits about cinema at all, watch this movie. It's going to blow you away. Oh, yeah, baby. Great movie. Great friends. Good times. Great, great countries. <laughs> good beer. Good beer. The beer is good. The good net highlights. Did you guys notice that there are 
there's a, a witch on the uh, oh, that's cool. sitting on the moon. I guess maybe normally it's a, Hold girl, it up for the camera. a witch hat. Hold it up for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, witch. have you seen this? We are not endorsed by Miller High Life, but uh, although we, we wish we were. We won't say no to a. When have, when have we been known to say no to accommodations? Dude, if anyone wants to Only get, if anyone wants to sponsor this podcast, podcast. If anyone wants to sponsor this podcast, podcast. Let me know. You don't even have to pay me. I'll just, I'll just throw your shit on the air. It can be anything. We don't even care. We'll, we'll talk about Lions Den. Wants to, Lions Den wants to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> Lions Den Adult Store. <laughs> It'd be amazing. It'd be a great sponsor. I'd love to. Um, but I think we're, are, are we good? Are you guys good? At least. I think so. As, as I've as, said plenty. You guys can talk more. I think, I think if we started talking again, we'd go way over time. Yeah. Because I want to keep this close to an hour. If we, we want to talk more, we should watch The Godfather Part 2 some Yeah, that definitely. That's what we should do. Put that on the schedule. What's next? You said some Jackie Chan movie? I was thinking Mr. Nice Guy. I have it right down there. And on VHS. If... Unless you guys want to watch something different next week. Let's put it on the tentative schedule. Mr. Okay. Nice Guy. It's, it's on the schedule for next week, but if you guys want to push it back further, I'm totally fine with that. Cool. We have like a hundred movies on the list, so... Mm. Thank you, Colin. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of them are Halloween movies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can... I'm kind of done with... Like, I'll be back. I'll be ready to watch another horror movie in like two months. Mm-hmm. But, I'll watch them all year. Yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. This is No Degree. I'm here with Colin and Gabe. Great guys. Fun to talk to. I just I just love them so much. Oliver, I'm touched. They don't care. I know. I don't care at all. But thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, I hope it's you had this fun listening to this as we have making them. Colin's going to kill me, so this might be the last episode. (laughs) But uh, we're signing off. Hope you guys have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Unless they're watching them more. Take care, beautiful ladies. Yeah, they could be. But could be watching them. Have a good rest of your day. Or night.